episode six, the boys are back in town. This is Max DeJerk Presents, where every week I discuss film and TV, past and present, to make pop culture help you a better fit at the workplace. As much as I like variety in my breakfast, was it not a little satisfying to see Tom Cruise kick senseless the Quaker Oats guy in the legal thriller The Firm? Thanks for joining this week's edition of Max the Jerk Presents. I'm Max the Jerk, and on today's episode, we're talking boys are back in town. Uh, but first, let's do a recap of the past week's major movie and TV news. So first, I just want to mention uh, Wilford Brimley. I guess he's still alive. And, and the guy is like, if I'm understanding this correctly, he's like only 82. How? Why was he a part of the, the Cocoon cast? It just it doesn't seem fitting. Like, anyways... All right, let's start with uh, Game of Thrones news. I'm really going to try to avoid much Game of Thrones uh, news until we actually get to, say, within a month or 30 days of the actual season premiere. So, And we do now have a, a date announced. So July, I think it's 16th or 17th, is when Season 7 will premiere, um, of course, the show uh with respect to the storyline now it's winter is here and as a result so they've they've had to push forward their shooting schedules uh further down the year or, or earlier in the year i'm not sure how that works so that they can actually take advantage of the environment the environment the physical environment so they have an actual winter season to um, meet all the, the set requirements now on game of thrones of course there is an actress by the name of amelia clark who plays Danny Tigerian um Cassili Cecily <laughs> I it's been so long since the last season I can't remember her her name but I watched a movie last night it was like 12:30 in the morning and uh, I think it was last night oh it wouldn't fright or whatever it was really late and I just watched the first 5 minutes and just because I saw, you know, I starred her and Sam Claflin, who I, the name sounded familiar. So I was like, oh, OK, this movie came out last year. Uh, what's going on? And it's kind of a it is apparently a romance film. So I'm watching this movie and I'm like, God, oh, this is awful or this is kind of annoying. I don't know if I like this or not. I think that's a better way to say it. And, and you know, the. Based upon the description of the film, I was like, well, okay, it's kind of weird. I'll try it for the first few minutes. And just for the first 10, 15 minutes, I'm basically just judging. Like, what the hell? What is this? And then, uh, and the reason I say that is because the first two minutes, they just throw like a just massive curveball or uh, just bam. They throw an event right in your face. It's pretty brutal. Uh, it's, it's not gory or anything, but just also the imagery. Just you, you know what happened, and just it's like wow, really, just get right into it. Um, and then with the the Amelia Clark character, you start to learn about her. I was trying to accept whether or not this is a, is this normal. Is this a, a, a believable character? Uh, as the film progresses, though, even though I'm questioning all this. I'm compelled to continue to watch this film. And uh, afterwards, uh, like most films, uh, 
I'll look up reviews, I'll check out how it did financially and all that kind of news story stuff. And yeah, like the chemistry, I'd say it would be the chemistry, it draws you in, it pulls you in. The movie addresses a very interesting topic. So look it up, it's called Me Before You. This one is, I think this is an extremely interesting topic uh, of discussion. And I ended up watching the movie in its entirety and it's actually in some ways you can see it's where it's flawed but still I'm sucked in to watch it not just for the the, the controversial topic of discussion but even just the relationship uh, that ensues um, and what's even more fascinating I found is that the movie um, it is based upon a novel but there's apparently I think more novels being written so there's a bit of a um Bridget Jones or Fifty Shades of Grey, not 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 the freaky Fifty Shades of Grey, but the idea that there's actually a novel series going on, and that so if you watch this movie and then you start to think, well, could they actually? Is this something you want to watch more of? Not, I won't give away the story, but what what even takes it up a notch is the fact that the movie itself on a twenty million dollar budget, and this is going to segue to the the next section here about 20 million budget and it did 200 worldwide so yeah it, it made its money so if they want to continue if they feel it's you know, what is the driving factor behind that um because to do the sequel it it versus it just gets you thinking well what's going to make the sequel worthwhile watching and kind of stuff because what this movie addresses is pretty interesting and then what are they going to do Based on because the, the the whole sequel, the whole trilogy idea here that they could potentially do, you're actually just following one character, but it's, it's just so weird. So check that out. It's just uh, I don't call this a hidden gem of any sort, but I I didn't know about it. I just decided to watch it, and um, it's just fascinating. So me before you, check it out. Okay, now I mentioned box office numbers there and like how it did. And this got me thinking, because then I looked at this past weekend's box office figures. So Kong, Kong Skull Island has came out. It is a dethroned Logan um, to number two. Uh, and then I think number three is um, Get Out, which is uh, Jordan Peele, I think, or Jordan Key. It's a Blumhouse production. This is a Get Out film. 4.5 million budget and... To date, domestically, like North American, has done 111 million. It does its international release as of this week, so it's just monster hit there. Um, in second place was Logan. I did the Logan review, full spoilers. So hopefully, uh, if you get a chance to see that film, then go check out the spoilers. See if you share same thoughts as myself. I I spend a little bit more time probably talking about the negatives. It is a good film. Definitely go see Logan. But there's some things that I'm sorry I have to nitpick on. And one thing I, I didn't really talk about, and but this kind of make <laughs> caught my eye, was when I heard about what Logan's box office revenues were, or excuse me, what their budget was. So after I've seen the film, Logan, then I realized, wow, this thing had a $97 million budget. Now the good news is, as of this weekend, it's uh, two weeks, and it's already got like $432 million internationally so i'm sure it'll crack half a billion um and you know it's bona fide success but still how did that movie cost 97 million to make i was just talking about me before you in some ways i'm like 
it's pretty good for a $20 million budget. On the other hand, when you watch the film, and I do recommend you watch that film, what the hell is... What did they, what did they spend the $20 million? Like, I understand that um, Cassili, whatever, Daenerys uh, Targaryen, she's very popular globally, Game of Thrones, big show, so maybe she's asking for a lot of payroll. Like, how much of it is, is payroll on, on her part? Because I can assure you there's no special effects in that film, and the settings are way, way, way less um, diverse and pretty practical, even more so than uh, Logan. And then, and then the Blumhouse production here of Get Out, if you've seen uh, their, their last film, uh, the, uh, one of the previous films, uh, The Visit, you know, it's all, it's a house out in an acreage. Get Out, I, seem, I haven't seen it yet, but I get the impression it's the same type of setting. And not a lot of big stars in that film. Uh, Allison Williams, I think is her name, you know, of, of girls fame. So it's just weird how mo- movies are making their money. And, and at the same time, how do they cost so much or cost so little? Like, it, it's always good to hear when you hear a film doesn't cost much. But, uh, you know, I think back once again to District 9. And I'm going to compare it to Logan here. District 9, 2009 release. Uh, $30 million budget. It's very famous for having, oh man, that film only cost $30 million. Now, it only did apparently 210 uh, overall worldwide sales. But if that film got released in today's day where at least today's type of theaters where it's all Ultra AVX, IMAX, we're push, push on all that kind of stuff. Yeah, its revenues would have been a lot higher. Logan, uh, as per my review, did not does not need, or it does, doesn't have 3D, does not really need to be seen on Ultra AVX. You can see this on the cheap theaters, the cheap nights. I'm always concerned about payroll that goes towards the stars of the film. And then the thing about Logan, you gotta remember, and I'm not dumping on the film too much here, but it has like 17 years worth of history. Whereas uh, you know, a film like District Nine was just uh, Peter Jackson uh, was a producer on it. I think that's the big thing about it. Um, but Logan had 17 years of s- cinematic history associated with like the X-Men and the Wolverine films, and um, it, even its advertising campaign was all kind of cool and or low budget looking and stuff, and just completely different approach. But you had a much bigger fan base to work with so I would expect higher numbers and, uh, and of course you know, I'll see this this is a bit of a legacy film too or the the a swan song type film so measuring you know how do you measure success really in, in some ways also at the end of the day it comes down to dollars monies but last two films now that I've seen in the theater the, there's an end credit uh, or rather the post end credit where it says the screen will black and it's a disclaimer or, or like a uh, an announcement like saying this film employed 15,000 people went to creating 15,000 jobs blah 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 you know this this whole anti-piracy type campaign and which is great but at the same time when you look at these budgets like well how much of the money is going towards the people um in front of the screen you know on the screen versus behind the screen it's a little concerning it's it, it implies that the, the piracy uh, you're taking away from those people. But Jesus Christ. So, uh, sorry, but the, how much is this going towards on-screen uh, talent, we'll call them? When you hear about like Infinity War films, like there was a rumor that the two uh, Avenger films, Infinity Wars 1 and 2, that those movies combined will have a potential budget of a billion dollars. And when you think how much of that is going to, say, Robert Downey Jr. as payroll... Um, you know, it's, it's a little concerning. Like if 
ten percent of your budget is just for say one individual, or even to say if fifty percent of the budget is just payroll, then yeah, okay, you've employed fifteen thousand people, but of the you know the, of the cost of the movie, it went to five of those people, kind of thing. So just be a little food for thought there. Moving into Marvel news, some footage from Thor Ragnarok was released. I think they're starting to enter into um, their marketing ploys or marketing campaign where they start to give out little teasers for pictures, additional pictures, and then eventually we'll get a teaser trailer of sorts likely in the next uh, couple months or so, especially as we're as we're heading into uh, summer blockbuster season here. And so there's lots of opportunities to do so, you know, through the through the films that are coming out in the theaters. And uh, the big part is that, oh, Chris Hemsworth's character, Thor, or Thor, has short hair. And so it's no longer donning the uh, whatever the, the surfer do. And for myself, you know, the, the photo actually, one of the photos shows him uh, with the short hair, but on, and then um, war paint. And if you've played like uh, Elder Scrolls, or whether it be like Oblivion or Skyrim, it's all they were kind of reminding me of. He just looked like one of the characters there, like a, uh, an NPC, as they're known as. Or even if you like to, if you did your own character with the war paint. So it, it looked cool. It looked fine. Uh, why did he cut his hair? Like the the character. Why does the character have short hair? Uh, what force and boot cut his locks and stuff? That's the bigger question. So we'll wait and see. Over in the DC Extended Universe uh, films, the big one was very big, actually, and it came out yesterday, Saturday, was the official third trailer for Wonder Woman. They're getting into the big marketing now. The, um, the On Friday, there was the sneak peek to the third Wonder Woman trailer. Then yesterday, they officially released it. So the trailer itself, uh, I will say, is less uh, energetic uh, like it doesn't get you pumped it, I, I didn't feel get, I was not getting pumped like I was the first two trailers first two trailers they had that um, they get you pumped and make you want to go to the gym this third trailer it's you actually have to watch the trailer and you have to listen to the trailer there's uh, it's way more dialogue uh, you, you see actual characters way more characters uh, in this this Wonder Woman world and they're talking and, and they're uh, and, and we're learning details about Wonder Woman so two things uh, that you can, there's a lot you can take from the, just this third trailer it's not it's not a bad trailer but there's a lot of uh, things to think about of uh, th- from this trailer versus say that the previous two the previous two just they, they clearly tell that there is a big uh, really cool visuals. It's a big action flick. It's colorful, all that kind of stuff, and it's Wonder Woman engaged in uh, full action. This one, uh, it continues that, but it, it gives you more of that. This is an origin film. They also are. They really they're raising a mystery here about about Wonder Woman or, or Diana. Like who who is she? Like what is her background? There's something special about her. And clearly, in this trailer, they clearly reveal that. So she's kind of like, she's like, she's like uh, Neo, if, if in some ways. In fact, does it, whether or not she can fly, we don't know. She does look like, kind of like she's flying off, like Neo does at the end of the Matrix. What kind of powers does she have? Like, what are her true powers, and what is her origin? Because it seems to imply that maybe, um, I think, I think what they're they're hinting is that 
she's very powerful. She has some kind of powers and that she's been hidden right from from birth. She has been hidden from dark forces. Kind of like what you see the, some of the theories on, the, on on Rey's origins in the Star Wars universe or any of the, um, the Skywalker kids. Like they're very powerful, but uh, so we can we have to hide them from Darth Vader. I think same thing that they're doing with um, Diana, Wonder Woman. They're, she's clearly being hidden, perhaps, from her true her true origins or so, something like that. Some evil forces that could influence her and then truly cause mass destruction. In terms of like, what are they doing um, through a studio or this extended universe uh, thing? Given that this is the first time we're going to have a a major female superhero lead throne film and she is obviously the, the biggest female superhero name out there uh, in all of comic book history um, the first 30 seconds itself it is uh, th- the music they play in the background it, it, it's got this variation of what we hear in the film Man of Steel so, so from that soundtrack so there re- I find there's there's a ton of parallel to Superman, um, the way they're treating the Wonder Woman character. They've already talked about how the director Patty Jenkins was influenced by Superman, at least uh, the Richard Donner Superman, in, in the making of this film. And she is essentially the alpha female, and much like Superman is the alpha male. Um, you know, like not, see the non-human uh, Batman would be the alpha male of humans, but when you, t- when you think of superheroes. It's uh, clearly Superman and then uh, Wonder Woman on the female side. So they're, I think, respecting that fact and they're also pushing forward that fact. And one of the scenes in this trailer, this third trailer, that it, it for me, it reminded me of the Action Comics cover of Superman with uh, lifting the car up. And there's a scene in this third trailer and they show she's in like the little square, she's engaged in battle, and she throws a Jeep, uh, picks up a Jeep and just throws it at someone and stuff. So. Uh, I think there's a, there's a ton of parallel, and, and they're definitely going to push forward with this character, or at least um, they're really recognizing um, just how significant she is, uh, to both just the you know just modern storytelling, modern comic book world, modern film and cinema, equality, and all that kind of stuff. So it's all encouraging and great to hear. Uh, so just more positive to you and uh yeah really looking forward so it's june 3rd is uh when this movie's coming down so was that uh april may but 70 day countdown i'd say there was some news in, in for the predator so shane black's the predator everyone's calling everything the now i'm waiting for the alien um that might not happen or the gremlin that'd be neat the Leprechaun. I think they did do The Leprechaun. Actually, no, I think it's just known as Leprechaun. So if they do a reboot of Leprechaun, they're going to call it The Leprechaun, I guess. Nonetheless, photo came out for Predator. I'm going to talk very briefly about Predator. I'm actually going to dedicate a lot of probably next week's episode about this upcoming Predator film. Because there's so much you can talk about Predator. Or Predators. Or The Predator. Uh, photo came out. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's all adult men. But it's not, you know, you you can't compare a one to one to the original Predator, that's for sure. And it just continues to make you think. Like, it actually does create the puzzlement of like, what are they doing with this film? Um, so we'll do some analysis next week on Predator or the Predator. All right, let's get to the quote or the t- episode title: "Boys are back in town," and this is actually not some famous phrase. Um, 
it's more uh, alludes to a scene in, in, in a film. Um, not the, it's actually not the greatest movie. Um, it's, it's an acquired taste, this film. However, this film in the last 20 minutes will just, it's mind blowing. It just, it, and I'll get into that. But first let's talk about the boys are back in town. We're talking about the movie Navy Seal. And you can literally take the application of this song in that film and apply it to real life in the workplace, whether it be actual golf tournament, um, work, work tournament, or you have a role where you have to entertain clients. Uh, you can try it on the mini putt golf um as well but i find as demonstrated in the film that you will not enjoy yourself as much um so in the film they demonstrate that you can go golfing and regardless of what um the marshals or or fellow uh, other golfers what they want to do in life or while they're on that course on the fairway it doesn't matter You've got, I don't even know if these people are actually, if it's part of the movie or someone has a speaker playing Boys Are Back in Town. But these guys, as, as the title of the movie implies, they're Navy SEALs. So they'll do whatever the hell they want when they're on that golf course. And they have the Boys Are Back in Town playing in the background. I don't know if that's actually part of the movie background or if it's one of the characters playing that music in the background. But either way, if you want to just, just let us assume because um, these guys are Navy SEALs. In, in, in real life, at the workplace, if you do find yourself having to go to the golf course, go right ahead. Play Boys Are Back in Town, you know, the 8th Fairway, and you don't, you don't care about who's behind you. Just go ahead, have some fun, use your, you know, joke around, try to do wheelies on your, on your golf cart, or, uh, you know, use your, your putter as a cue to get it into the cup, like who's keeping score anyways, right? The other takeaway from this film. Now, like I said, go ahead and do that. Do all that. Uh, I think you'll gain popularity either way. Like, if you're that guy that plays Boys Are Back in Town in, in this type of setting, you, people are like, hey, this is a good one, good one. Uh, you'll get some popularity out of it. And that's, half of this is just being popular at the workplace. You, know, you don't, you don't want to be unpopular. You know? It's all about being a cool kid at the workplace. The whole high school stuff, it carries over. If you're a nerd, you're a nerd. You're a bully, you're a bully. And I don't care about workplace ethics and uh, respect for others or, or con- conflict resolution stuff. It it happens, and it, at the end of the day, it still carries through. And I'm a big supporter of all of it. The other thing you can take away from this movie is actually... Um, the movie definitely it makes an effort to portray Navy SEALs as the coolest people ever. And they get the, one of the coolest actors of the 90s, uh, or 80s, 90s, um, early 90s, would be Charlie Sheen. So, and they gave him the coolest name ever. They, they, they call him Hawkins. So if you got a co-worker who thinks he's cool, or is cool, you, or you feel is cool, feel free to call him Hawkins. And, um, you know, that's a compliment. So let's talk about the movie now. Um, unfortunately, Bill Paxton passed away uh, a few weeks ago. 
There's been a number of homage films or, or um, tributes uh, looking back at his career. And the guy is very famous uh, for having had, being one of the top name actors or character actors. And of course, he had that whole tie to James Cameron. So a lot of the cool sci-fi stuff. You know, he's got the famous uh, ad-lib line in Aliens of game over, game over, man, type stuff. So, you know, I wanted to talk about a Bill Paxson film for this episode. And so I mentioned Navy Seals. So this, this film actually did as have an impression on me. It came out in 1990. It's got Michael Bean, um, Bill Paxson. Uh, it's got another actor. I can't remember his name, but he's also in Terminator. So you got those three guys. I think there's a common a writer or producer between those two movies, Terminator and Navy Seals. And that's why you have those, uh, par- those uh, that carryover. The film itself, like I said, it, it as a part of the whole 80s, early 90s macho-ness, Navy SEALs makes it cool to be a Navy SEAL. Uh, it reminds you how cool it is. It makes you want to go invade the Middle East. One thing, um, and actually it makes you want to go, um, instead of buying a house, living on a boat. I guess if you live on the coast, this is more of a reality. Uh, I think you know, Keanu Reeves' character in uh, The Replacements, he lives on a boat. So does Michael Bean's character in this film. I don't get that whole living on a boat thing. You watch this film. Not only um, does it does it display like the coolness, the super coolness um, of Charlie Sheen, and uh, there. Oh, and, I'll, and I'll mention there's a, there's a, a connection here between Major League. You've got uh, Serrano. Um, he's also in this movie, and of course, him and Charlie Sheen were a wild thing. They were in Major League. So it's just like this. this there's this little brief pocket of time of, of real coolies, cool stuff going on and cool actors involved. And um, So this is a cool film. Did not do well, though. Uh, that's okay. So the movie, it really just follow, chronicles the coolness of Navy SEALs, what they're like uh, outside, um, out of the, outside of the job and you know it tries to you know um, explore their personal lives a bit create some personal drama so the movie chronicles uh, their personal lives what how it's cool to be a Navy seal of course there is an actual mission that they're on and without getting spoilers because I highly recommend you watch this movie if you can you know accept the first eighty uh, percent of the film the last 20 minutes of this film, even though the, the, the first uh, whatever 60, 70 minutes is, yeah, it's kind of, take it for what it is. It's that 90s or late 80s, like I said, macho-ness, cheese. The last 20 minutes is extremely good film. And if you're a fan of any, or played any of the Call of Duty films, particularly with like the, not even just the modern warfare, the, um, some of the, I think it's Call of Duty 3 or I think it's three, possibly two as well in the single campaign. Um, even though this movie takes place in like eight, late 80s, 90s, present day, the last 20 minutes is an exceptionally good chase sequence. So I won't get into that, but it's actually really very good and still holds up today uh, as just an, an exciting chase sequence. I talked about Logan uh, in a Logan spoiler review uh, last week, how that essentially is a chase film of sorts. Um, but this thing, this thing, just the last 20 minutes, it's, it's, it's suspenseful and it's kind of, it's cool and stuff. And like I said, if you like the, the, the Call of Duty games, I, I found it just, it drew me in. The Bill Paxton part, he doesn't have any famous line. However, he is referred to as God. And the reason being is he plays the role of the sniper. And 
in the first five minutes, the movie, you know, it it it, it, um, it introduces you to all the different Navy SEALs because they're part of a team, a Navy SEAL team, and so each shows their little special skill and. He himself, he's known as God, and so the, all the other um, Navy SEALs that are out on the ground doing the um, the flushing, whatever, they they'll always go into their their earpiece saying, "God is a clear God" and stuff. And then, and the reason he's known as God because he he takes the nest position. So once again, if you're into like the any kind of the, the war games, uh, you might like some of this stuff. And he's got this cool gun. And, th- and the very first time I ever watched Navy SEALs, it 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 immediately impressed me just like how watching predator for the first time where you get blown away by the infrared uh predator's vision that whole idea and then i you see um bill paxton with his gun his sniper rifle and it's got the whole uh heat infrared scope it's pretty cool and impressive and and he's got the nickname god because he just sits up there high parched in like a in a nest position a lookout position and this pegs off people uh, with this like this super cannon uh, rifle gun with the, the heat infrared. Other than that, the, the, there's not much to it. Uh, he's a supporting character, does his job. The movie uh, has got this goofy golf scene where they play the boys back in town. But the last 20 minutes, man, just if you li- like, I said, if you like any of the war games, Call of Duty games, and it's just it's very suspenseful. And, and like I said, even if you don't like the games, I think the the last 20 minutes of this film hold up great. And that's all I'll say. Like I said, it wasn't uh, not a financial success, critically panned. Take it for what it is, but it's it's a fun ride. If you can look past how the you can you can examine it for the the coolness that was Charlie Sheen, because uh, this was during that that era of the, where he was quote unquote the I guess arguably the coolest actor out there. He, he went through a string of. Uh, film roles where he's extremely cool and stuff some of them are actually good films uh, which we will talk about in the future but this one it's yeah it's like whatever uh it's, it's almost like he's he's been uh typecast you need to play the cool guy like okay we're gonna call you hawkins well, that is the show for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I invite you to chime in and share your thoughts on this episode. Let me know what you think of Navy SEALs when you do get a chance to see it. And I do expect you to because the the movie's actually, uh, at least the last 20 minutes, will blow your mind. Make sure to leave your comments or questions for this podcast at soundcloud.com backslash Max to Jerk Presents. Other than that, I thank you again. Remember, as my film studies professor liked to say, Give it a chance.